0: It's time for the PSL Radio Radio Show. Show. For all you need to know about the Premier Soccer League. fixtures, results, and all the latest news. Proudly brought to you by the Premier Soccer League. PSL Radio Radio Show. Just gone 6.30 on SAF, South Africa's news and information leader on what is turning out to be a uh, a devastating Monday in the uh, footballing world in particular. This is the PSL radio show, Seconjala, where we talk about domestic football, but indeed we do touch on the international scene as well. And uh, one of the great African players, a man who was an African Cup of Nations winner with uh, Cote d'Ivoire just uh, two years ago, Czech Tioté, formerly of Newcastle, a long time servant of Newcastle football uh, after winning the league in uh, Netherlands before he made his way to Newcastle and then of course uh, recently made his way to China. I can tell you that Czech Tioté, if you haven't heard, has uh, collapsed on a training pitch in China and around 7pm Beijing time it was confirmed that he passed away but news only in the uh, last uh, half an hour or so has made its way through to the uh, greater international stage with confirmation in that uh, Czech Tioté has passed away. So we're changing the show just slightly. We'll pay tribute to the uh, Vorian international footballer in just a short while and indeed we'll be uh, talking more about what is happening on the local scene we we cannot ignore that uh, Baroque FC are taking on Black Leopards on Wednesday in what is a critical encounter for the future of both football clubs and indeed their participation in the ABSA Premiership next season Uh, we'll also um, have uh, news from what is happening at Roland Garros where uh, tennis is underway and of course South Africa's Kevin Anderson in action today an enormous uh, opportunity for Kevin Anderson today Uh, and we're going to be talking about the cricket in just a moment so with uh, Johanna, will bring us up to date on what's happening in the fifth match of the ICC Champions Trophy, playing in England. But let's get into some sports news. Then, just confirmation: then. Kwazulu International, Chikdorti, he's died at the age of 30 after collapsing during a training session uh, for his Chinese second division outfit, Beijing Enterprises. The former Newcastle midfielder spent seven years at the Tyneside club, made 138 league appearances, but joined the uh, Chinese club in February. Back home, South Africa head coach Stuart Baxter has confirmed that Tulane Clatchwa will um, wear the Bafana Bafana cap. Captain's on a permanent basis. At a press conference earlier, Baxter said captain's armband should be valued, not rotated and moved across 16 players. So this is permanent. Klaasou will lead South Africa against Nigeria in the 2019 Africa Cup of Nations qualifier in Uyo on Saturday. Meanwhile, Baxter is called out. Mamelodi Sundowns midfielder Tiyanibabunda is a replacement for the injured Lompo Kekana. On the uh, injury front, though Bafana team doctor Trelawney Wenya is assessing injuries to seven players. Rivaldo Kutsia, Andile Jali, Eric Matoho, Leboham Manyama, Aubrey Ngoma and Tiani Mabunda, who is himself returning from three weeks out with a sprained ankle. Also, I can tell you that uh, while this squad assembled in Johannesburg yesterday and will depart for Lagos on Wednesday, Baxter introduced Mulef Inceki as an assistant coach to join the remaining Tabu Sanong and has also roped in FIFA-licensed goalkeeper coach and instructor Alex Heredia to so assist with preparations. Uh, staying with football, Plannum Stars have confirmed that the club has parted ways with head coach Kevin Johnson, whose contract expired at the end of the month. Cape Town City have announced a second new signing this week, confirming the capture of Mozambique international captain J Toso. Further afield, um, the results from the FIFA Under-20 World Cup in Korea Republic: 10-man Italy beat Zambia 3-2 after extra time to advance to the semi-finals, where they meet England, who beat Mexico 1-0. South American hopefuls Uruguay and Venezuela will meet in Thursday's first semi-final. We'll get to tennis news midway through the show, but uh, in some cricket news, uh, Australia are uh, just heading out to uh, reply to Bangladesh's 182 in the fifth match of the ICC Champions Trophy at the uh, Oval in London. Johan LaRue has the details of this Group A encounter.
1: Thank you very much, Duane. Well, luckily, play back underway after quite a lengthy interruption, a rain interruption, more rain predicted for later on today. But Australia batting at the moment. David Warner is off the mark. He scored seven off the first over. With him is Aaron Finch. Australia's target 183 that's what they need to beat Bangladesh and that 182 that Bangladesh made mainly sets up by Tamim Iqbal simply outstanding yet again he scored 95 off of 114 but he was really fighting a lone battle because the second highest score was 29 made by Al Hasan. brilliant bowling figures by Mitchell Stark he picked up 4 wickets in his final 2 overs he finished with figures of 4 for 29 and Adam Zampa also picked up 2 for 13 so Australia's run chase is under away, they need 183 runs, just a reminder for this match to constitute an actual match it has to take place, or Australia has to at bat at least for 20 overs so they'll be hoping that at that stage they will be on ahead on the duck with Lewis method, but also they'll be hoping to try and reach this target and get as much game time as possible, you on the roof for SABC Sport
0: Thank you very much, uh, Johan. Just finally, some rugby news for you. Dwayne Vermeer and Damien Dalende have been ruled out of the first test against France in Pretoria on Saturday. Vermeer picks up a shoulder injury playing for Toulon in Sunday's uh, French top 14 final loss to Clermont while Dalende is out with a thigh strain. Meanwhile, Lionel Mapu, who is an injury replacement for Sharks midfielder Lucanio Arm is also doubtful. And that's your sports news. PSL Radio, Radio Show. Proudly brought to you by the Premier Soccer League. Oh, 25 minutes to seven on SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Now uh, I opened with the with the news and uh, tragic news, devastating news that Kuduai International Chechiote has uh, passed away at the age of 30 after collapsing during a training session for his uh, Chinese uh, club, Beijing Enterprises. And uh, it's only appropriate we pay tribute with uh, the greatest of uh, all the columnists, somebody who uh, who got to experience him playing first-hand on numerous occasions, chief football writer at the Times Sport, Henry Winter, uh, is on the line from uh, the United Kingdom. Henry, thanks for joining us. Uh, good evening to you. And uh, oh, this, this this must have hit you as, as, as tragically as it as hit all of us here in Africa.
2: It, 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 it did. I mean, I've just been looking at Twitter now, and the... Uh the emotion pouring in from all over the world. And, and the most poignant comments come from his, his former teammates, particularly at Newcastle United, where he spent seven years and obviously scored that amazing left foot volley mm-hmm. against Arsenal, the 4-4, extraordinary game. And, you know, they obviously spoke of of what we could all see, which was a fabulous player, but they also spoke spoke warmly of a very... Popular human individual, so uh, you know, football has, has has lost a special person as, as well as a very good player. But you know the most important thing is, is to send out the thoughts and messages to his, his family,
0: and friends. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing stories that there was that it was confirmed that he was on the training pitch at the time. But every time something like this happens, no matter what league, no matter where in the world, I immediately get flashbacks of uh, Fabrice Muamba, of of Mark Vivian Foe. Uh, are, are those the sort of emotions that run through through your mind when you hear of these stories, or when you indeed see them on those rare occasions?
2: Well, every case is is different, and obviously we've had it here recently. Slightly older individual, Hugo Eche, a former England international, collapsed at Tottenham's training ground. Uh, coach for the, uh, the, the the reserves, the junior sides, and but but what the emotion that stirred in all these cases, the ones you mentioned, now and and obviously Hugo um, a month or so ago. Is just beautiful people, sporting people in their prime, cut down so young, and it's just it's just desperate to, to witness. You know, football sport shouldn't be about that. It should be a celebration of the stamina. And when you looked at Cech Teotie's career, he was about energy. He, you know, he looked invincible. The way he charged from box to box. I mean, I always thought that you know when he was in his prime at Newcastle. But Arsenal would go for him He seemed like just the type of player That Arsene Wenger would need in his midfield No one was going to replace Patrick Vieira In the long term But just someone with that energy That leadership, that stamina And that's the, the, the word that I would most associate with him that fitness, that stamina, obviously that's fantastic goal against Arsenal of all people. But just that, you know, he just seemed the picture of health, which just makes this, this desperate news even more inexplicable. And I'm sure the Chinese will, will look into it and, you know, they'll try and work out, you know, were all the safeguards in place, were all the tests made. But, you know, as, as we've seen over here, you can have players checked on a regular basis and, and, and some things don't get, you know, don't get checked and, and you get desperate tragedies
0: like this absolutely, I think you've hit the nail on the head and it is, it is it's absolutely devastating but you, you talk about his his character and uh, and uh, how his teammates define him and certainly from your, your own e- your witness accounts, but uh, if, from my perspective, I mean I've commentated with him you spent time with the, the players down on the pitch as well, in, in, in training sessions etc, uh, genuinely on the pitch though, he's one of the toughest competitors that I ever watched, he didn't have the height that some of his uh, Ivorian teammates had of course, but that dogged determination was something to behold, even on the training which the intensity that he put out was was there for everybody to to see but h- how do you remember him and, and you know what what sort of memories do you have from your interactions with him at, at, at training sessions etc I mean, I just
2: the main memories of that goal against Arsenal, and uh, there's some wonderful footage taken by uh, Newcastle United fans, and just the, the the joy of seeing that goal go in, and sort of you know the camera is shaking just with emotion, it just which just embodied what uh, what footballers can do, you know, in terms of the uh, the impact that they can have on fans. I, I personally was very surprised when the way he left Newcastle United, and the fact that he went, you know, to go to. The, china super league he went to the second division there mm. and i can remember the sort of the reaction at the time was that's really disappointing you know a player of you know that you know who's effectively in his peak you know they were 28 to 32 um years uh obviously having passed away at 30 you know did you know these are, you know, he he should have been playing for a bigger club than that and that's just one of the uh you know, minor sadnesses in all this, but, uh, but a sadness nonetheless that, you know, he, he could have done more, you know, after Newcastle, leaving Newcastle, a great club where he was passionately supported by 52,000 fans week in, week out. When he went into town, when he was met around town, that, you know, the famous Toon Army would come up and embrace him and, you know, he couldn't go anywhere without them saying, you're a wonderful player, stay, we love you as a person, we love you as a player. He was enveloped in, in warmth and emotion and love on uh, on Tyneside, and that is now pouring out from the fans as as, as well as his former teammates.
0: Yeah, uh, he he made a, a huge name for himself. I remember in the Netherlands before he, uh, he actually went to Newcastle. Yeah. He won the league with Twente, I think it was, just before he he signed for uh, the, the Tyneside club. But. I suppose in a sense, as you say, it was a strange decision at the time going to... But it doesn't really detract him going to the second tier in in, in Chinese football from, from that magnificent career that he did have and just how he helped shape clubs like Anderlecht and, uh, and Twente and even Newcastle. Uh, overall, that career, you look back on it and you say, that's, uh, that's a stellar CV.
2: Oh, i say he had, uh, you know, just a wonderful career... Um, I just thought I would have loved to have seen him in one of the very top teams, whether in an Arsenal midfield or maybe over in Juventus or PSG or over in Spain, just a powerhouse in the, in the in the midfield, and just imposing himself on the game because of the skill was there. Um, you rightly point out that you know he wasn't necessarily the tallest, but you know we've had some wonderful midfielders you know, we saw in midweek in the, um, or oh, sorry, at the weekend in the, in the Champions League final. You know, you don't have to yeah. be as tall as Patrick Vieira to, to to dominate a central midfield. Look at Luka Modric or or Tony Cruz. You know, these are not sort of NBA's six foot two, six foot three individuals. Um, you know, you can dominate a midfield. Maradona, the greatest footballer I've sort of covered live, was what
3: five
2: foot six, five foot seven, and a and a genius. So obviously different position. So I just thought he was a, he was a special player, and I you know it would have been great to have seen him at, at a at a bigger club. But I was sad when he left Newcastle United because he was just so loved there. And, you know, when you, when you go to St. James's Park and you sit there and you see someone like Jack Josie, who just looked magnificent in that, in that black and white strip, pudging between the box, just running on the wave of the motion that was sort of flowing down from the, the, the Gallagher towards the Leeses, you know, there, there was a player in his prime, in his elements, loved, adored. And that is why the emotion is now sort of pouring out of Newcastle and St. James's Park.
0: Yeah, again, this this tragedy is just something that I am still battling to actually grasp, to be fair. Uh, But I I remember another thing about him that was always uh, just so calming was he he was always... he was very proudly Muslim, but it never proved to be anything that was polarizing, as, as, as religion sometimes tends to do. Uh, and he was always warmly accepted, as you say, in, in, in Newcastle, wherever he went. But religion did play a significant part in his life as as well. And I see players like Demba Bar have taken to Twitter and, mm. and, and wished him well and grant him Jannah, which is uh, yeah. Islamic paradise, effectively.
2: Yeah, and that's, I mean, obviously, we're, we're, we're a country which is sort of experiencing a, quite a debate on uh, on Islam at, at, at the moment. But but in a way, football is very different from that. Football is very embracing. I mean, it was, you know, there was a the, um Yaya Tori kept on winning Man of the Match. And the Man of the Match, up until about four years ago, was uh, was a bottle of champagne, and I yes. you know, being Muslim and teetotled. But it's now been changed. If you look at Premier League games now, when they're awarded Man of the Match, it's a rather boring little, uh, rather boring little trophy, rather than a bottle of champagne. And yeah, brought that in. If you look inside uh, Premier League dressing rooms now, they're multi, uh, you know, very cosmopolitan, multi faith places, and check purity was was very much in the. I wasn't necessarily in the vanguard of that because there were Muslim players before him, but I think he fitted in very well because, you know, for we're actually as a sport, you know, in have a debate in the country, but as a sport, I think you know we're we're incredibly tolerance is a very diverse place uh, in England, well certainly Premier League dressing rooms in the in, in, in the modern era and he fitted into that, he was totally I- I accepted obviously the issues, you know, we have Ramadan at the moment and there were issues with uh, professional sportsmen, could they defer Ramadan and fasting, which I think is allowed under the Quran if you, you talk to your, your, advisor, your religious, spiritual advisor uh, I've talked to my brother about this because he's, he's Muslim and he says, well, you can't defer it if you're a professional sportsman. So I'm sure Czech Toti did that so that it wouldn't detract from his, uh, you know, his, his performances. So, you know, e- English football is, uh, is quite rightly and, and it should be celebrated at a very, uh, diverse place and, and Czech Toti added to that immeasurable.
0: It's, miserably. it's it's a wonderful tribute from Henry winter, but uh, time is against us unfortunately, Henry. thank you very much for making time to chat to us about uh, one of the great players to, uh, to emerge from Africa and of course making an impact on the uh, Premier League in particular but uh, go and uh, go and enjoy the rest of a, what is going to be a tragic evening for uh, no doubt all, all of you in European football as well yeah, my pleasure thank you. It's time for They say the success of the future is inspired by the legends of the past. SABC Sports is proud to present Aita DC, a show that takes you back to the golden days of South African football when DC was all about entertainment. Come and relive the beautiful game. the eyes of a legend every Saturday at 1.30pm only on SABC 1 brought to you by
1: SABC Sport for the love of the game no stronger force can make a bigger difference in the world than that of youth (laughs) SAFM. the memory of 76 lives on
0: Institutions and or individuals are hereby invited to nominate persons to fill vacancies of non-executive members to the Board of the South African Broadcasting Corporation Limited, as stipulated in Section 13 of the Broadcasting Act Number 4 of 1999. Nominations and inquiries must be addressed to the Portfolio Committee on Communications. Attention, Mr. Temmengos Ngoma, Committee Secretary, 3rd floor, 90 Plain Street, Cape Town, 8001, or emailed to tngoma at parliament.gov.za or fax to zero eight six five double two five seven four O. Telephonic inquiries can be made to zero two one four zero double three seven double three or 083709. 8407 closing date for nominations is Friday the cities of June 2017 at 4pm please note that nominees may be subjected to a qualifications check and security clearance late submissions will not be considered CSL Radio Show. Radio Show. brought to you by the
1: Premier Soccer League.
0: Unfortunately, time uh, is really uh, tight at the moment, knowing to uh, tribute having been paid to the uh, Kodavorian international footballer, Cech who passed away just uh, a few hours ago. But let's get details on what happened in uh, Roland Garros today. South Africa's Kevin Anderson was in action against Marin Cilic, but Chris Bowers is in the French capital, has the latest uh, from the year's second grand slam, but not great news, uh, Chris, for for Kevin Anderson. So,
3: um, I mean, up until today, it didn't um, end any of my matches, which I think was, SL Radio Show. Show. Broadly brought to you by
0: the Premier Soccer League. He's an information leader. Now let's talk about the uh, promotional playoffs. Barocca hosting Black Leopards as they uh, play their first home match in the promotional playoffs on Wednesday. On the line we've got a a man whose goal actually secured their playoff place rather than relegation on the final day of the EPSA Premiership season. We've got Tladi Maidabanya on the line. Uh, Doc, thanks for joining us. Good evening. Good
3: evening. Good evening to all of you. Good
0: It's uh, it's good to chat to you again, Lissada. I mean, we've chatted over the years with you at various clubs, yeah. and then and then yeah. and then you disappeared for a little while, and we found you again at Barocca earlier this year. But I mean, your your impact has been almost immediate in the in the few months that you've been at the club. How do, how do you feel uh, about Barocca at the moment and wh- where things are for
3: the club? I think right now the uh, the situation that we find ourselves, in, you know, it's given us a second chance, you know, to actually stay in the Premier League. In the team can now realises like uh, the flaws in the downfalls they there. So now the guys are just ready to go for the playoffs and you know, try and win every game just to try and get back into the Premier League.
0: Now, you, you've always been one of the more mature footballers that I've known. I mean, you've always had your head screwed on right. You've been very, very mentally sharp, psychologically uh, right on top of things. But there was a lot of bluster from Barocco when they were promoted from the National First Division, and I, I, I wasn't sure if it's your arrival or Milton Glamini's arrival. But it seemed the combination of the two settled things and, and sounded like you were just getting on with the business of football. Can, can you just describe what it was like when you arrived and, and, and how things transpired toward the end of the season?
3: Well, um, you know, uh, the first the first week coming to the team, you know, you could see that you know players were very you know make sure they wanna play the maybe they they took the lead a bit lightly, but we had a couple of good players, other players got injuries and stuff like that, so we just got there and just tried to stabilize things you know and and stop winning. you know people do not believe that you could really go there and win and stuff like that, even you know by team, so it was one of those things that you you try to instill in a team that you can win every game. And if you just concentrate and just, uh, train hard and train better, you know, and just, uh, you know, try and be honest. you I get mean, onto that field, try and be honest and, uh, have pride in what you do. So we yeah, try to instill that. And then I think that's working for us. So, yeah.
0: It certainly is. I mean, the fortunes were upturned uh, significantly in the, the latter stages of the season, especially when you arrived. So, so you, you found it was sort of an additional responsibility to to mentor the the, the players around you. I suppose because, in, in true terms, while they might be experienced footballers in some cases, they're inexperienced footballers at, at top flight by and large.
3: Yeah, definitely. I think uh, it's just uh, by the way you handle yourself, the way you train. You know, you don't have to, to talk much. You just have to just. Yeah let them see how you you know, you handle yourself, how you train and the rest will just show itself on the field, you know what I mean? So if if a player just comes to training and just get that two percent and thinks that like, you're gonna go into the field on Saturday and win but you're not putting anything in the bank so you're not gonna get good results. So it, I think it's good that I came and then I'm not just the only one playing. So there's a lot of guys in the team that are you know, um, I mature mean, enough, and they and the youngsters, you know, look up to to the guys and and it's you know it's it's super. The guys that you see, you see the punch, the punch in the cinema, the captain. You know, so we try. We don't have a solid outfit altogether, but with what we have they have tried to
0: you know, to compete. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, your 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 goal against Ix uh, got you into the uh, the playoff situation, but of course you were sent off late in the uh, the game against Ix, so you're going to be sitting out Wednesday's match against Leopards. Is your second match suspended? But you'll be available again. Yeah. On Saturday, uh, and, and Saturday, of course, you're going to be playing uh, Stellenbosch FC, who you, you drew with uh, 2-2 in the opening game of the uh, the playoffs in Cape Town. But I mean, you know Steve Barker from Amazulu and he and Savi Troughton working together at uh, at Stellenbosch FC. Do you think, in some way, it'll give you an advantage when you return to the matchday squad for the game against Stellenbosch?
3: Oh, I've got so much respect for those two coaches. No, I've 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 never worked with them directly, but I've just seen with type of football and the type of players that just come from them. And it's it's not going to be an easy game. I hope that i play. But you know, we've got 22 players already in camp. So, you know, you try and fight for that jersey. Try and fight for that game. So, whoever is going to be available and the one starting the games, know that they have to give 110%. Because they know that uh, the uh, the dog is there and he might be uh, available,
0: so you have to give it up. you you, you look at the playoff situation, I suppose in a sense it's a a bit of an advantage for you at the moment. Stellenbosch failed to win their uh, first home game, Black Leopards failed to win their first home game. This will be your first home game on Wednesday and ultimately it's it's about winning your home matches first and foremost, right, and collecting points additionally on the road.
3: 100%. I think... uh, Going away in Cape Town it actually, you know, helped us a lot. And now you're still gonna have another game on Wednesday and it's not it's not gonna be easy. No easy games in this league, and especially when you play tales you know players are just giving it a hundred and ten percent. Nobody wants to see themselves back in the N F D and I doubt that uh, all these coaches that are watching the other teams you not know, you know they they just one uh, cancel each other out, so we'll see how we overcome these these teams. And I just hope, you know, the best for everyone. Just hope God is on our side. <laughs>
0: <laughs> on, on that point, yeah. though, uh, on that point, though, I mean, I've seen with with other teams that have uh, that have made the playoff places some regard it as a, a genuine second chance and an opportunity to prove what they've got other teams you see the players drop their heads and you just know they're going to be relegated you, you know that's happening where, where are Barocco on that scale at the moment what, what What were your teammates like and what's the spirit like at the moment
4: I think
3: before it came before I came to the team you know you could see how demoralised the team was how demoralised the players were then the we started Getting points, especially with teams that nobody actually gave us a chance against, and you could see the eyes lightening up, the players starting to believe. And right now, getting a second chance like, is like, it's really great. I just wish somebody could just see the guys here in camp and see how they're in and how, how much they train. Even the guys who are not in the team, you know, just encouraging the guys to, you know, to give it all, to give the 110%.
0: Yeah, Mzun Elimahash has told me something similar as well, so it's, it's, it's good to hear that it's been confirmed. But I, I do want to ask you on a final point, though, Litladi. You 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 are an integral part of Gavin Hunt's Supersport United Dream Team that, that won that hat-trick of league titles. And the first of those yeah. was, jeez, nearly a decade ago. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. how, how different is it playing yeah. in a situation where relegation is a real threat? the first time I find
3: myself in my life uh, in a situation like this. I've never... Um, uh, had this sort of pressure pressure of saving a team you know, like the pressure of, you know, competing and going for titles and, and winning uh, sort of uh, the super sport team that we had uh, with the other teams that I played for we did want to have uh, a, a good pressure the pressure of winning the pressure of coming first you know, to try and win every game you don't concentrate on the log and the numbers and so on and so on and so on. Finding myself in the situation, and <laughs> there's a lot of things that you have to start thinking about. Everybody's thinking about their families now. I've never thought about that. But, uh, you'd be worried that, oh, you're coming or you're going. But, it's a situation that we find ourselves in, so, second chance, and I just give it a go.
0: Absolutely. Uh, yeah, there are genuine concerns about the future, of course. But, Vladimir Vanya, thank you very much for your time this evening. Best of luck against Black Leopards on Wednesday, against Stellenbosch on Saturday, and indeed the away game, which is almost a home game against Black Leopards the following Saturday. Yeah. CSL Radio Show, proudly brought to you by the Premier Soccer League. Two minutes to seven on uh, SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. It uh, is time to talk. Uh, Let me just give you a brief update from the cricket, what's happening. Australia find themselves 38 without loss at the Oval. They're chasing 183 for victory. But we have to talk uh, tennis. And South Africa's Kevin Anderson was in action against Marin Cilic in among the more intriguing fixtures, certainly for South Africans at Roland Garros today. And Chris Bowers in the French capital. Uh, The latest from the uh, second Grand Slam. Chris, not uh, an overly brilliant day for South Africa.
4: No, Kevin Anderson has gone out, and he's gone out on a retirement. I mean, I was mentioning in my preview material this morning that he was playing his match on Saturday against Kyle Edmund with a strapping on his uh, upper left thigh, and he was playing down that. He said, no, 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 it's nothing serious. I'm feeling good about myself. But it clearly got worse as the match went on. He started very well for Anderson. He broke in the first game of the match, but Marin Cilic broke back, and once Cilic won the first set 6-3, I felt he feared for it. And then there were two breaks at the Anderson serve, he saw the doctor at Love Street down, and the doctor said, "I can give you various things. I can give you painkillers, can do some strapping." And Anderson said, "No, it's just going to make it worse uh, if I carry on playing." And it was, he was the one that took the decision to stop. He's got the glass court season coming up. I think he'd have settled for fourth round before this tournament started. So he's gone out. Killich will play Stan Wawrinka in one semi, uh, one quarter final, and Andy Murray will play Kane Ishikori in the other. Following earlier matches today, Dwayne.
0: Perfect. Thank you very much, Chris. Uh, time against us, unfortunately, owing to the tragic uh, and devastating passing away of uh, former Newcastle man, Czech Tiotis. So uh, we've had to turn today's show more largely into a tribute show, but Chris Bowers will keep you updated right here on uh, SFM. Throughout so Roland Garros, And Johanna Rule will keep you updated on what's happening in the ICC Champions Trophy. That's it. It is time to say uh, cheers. We are out of here. Now, Lady Mulema is going to be up after the news with the talk shop, so don't go anywhere if you'd like to get in touch with us. Uh, SFM Sport on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook... And uh, you can email the executive producer, kolchik-sport-at-sfm.co.za uh, if you want to get in touch. Uh, any questions or comments on
3: the show. But from the team tonight, producer Siobhan Chetty and me, Dwayne Have a lovely evening. Cheers. It's 7 o'clock.